following presentation by Taylor Fragon Capital Management LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of, or as a substitute for, personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of Taylor Fragon's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.taylorfragon.com. Welcome once again to the Long Only Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. And this is me making sure to get close enough to the mic. If you've been not hearing us very well, it's Doug's fault. We thought we had these big audio issues, and it turns out it was probably just me not being close enough to the mic. It was Doug not being close enough to the microphone. Yep. yep. So, And Jerry was also just marveling at just how much I know about TV shows. You are an absolute marvel when it comes to that. The It's obviously impossible now. I mean, really, with the kids, the TV shows are like music used to be. You've got so many platforms for distribution, you know, you kind of... Def- and so just so many TV shows. But in college, I used to be able to, used to be able to name a character from a TV show. And uh, then you know, I would be able to tell you who played that person. And people would always try to trip me up on Three's Company, Joyce DeWitt. But what they didn't know was that my, that would be Janet from Three's Company. My father was fraternity brothers with her brother and my grandfather bold with her father. So wow. I would have remembered her. Just so. You just never cease to amaze me. You're, you have you have angles in every direction, strange as they may be. Nobody does as many things that can't make you money well as I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, yep. what are we going to talk about? Uh, the same thing we always talk about, Pinky. Uh, how we're going to take over the world? Animaniacs. Maniacs. Animaniacs. Ever watch that? No. Is this Warner? Warner Brothers show that came on afternoons in the 90s, sort of a resurrection of the spirit what was of it called? Money. Animaniacs. Animaniacs, sorry. It was a pretty good show. I, and I thought I was kind of, at one point in time, tied into pop culture, but you just completely blow the doors off of that whole concept. Pop culture was more interesting when everyone wasn't trying to do it. Now everyone wants to get their corner. You know, you listen to a podcast. They well, have and their- when everybody wasn't trying to preach. Yes. No, that's that's it too. The, the preaching about the, you know, the, the values du jour yeah. is annoying in and of itself, but everyone wants to be known for pop culture, you know, and, and so. How cool they are. Yeah. And, every, and, you know, again, all the podcasts have their own. Oh, this is what we recommend is we're watching right now, even if it's not a. Do you notice how it's kind of gone in a path that is, uh, there may, there's, there's going to be an yes. investment angle to this, by the way. No. Well, I'm sorry. Say that again. Incredibly demonic. Yes. Well, there's that, but. It's gone in a direction where it's almost, uh, it's caricature. And in that you look at some of this stuff uh, out there right now, and you you look at these, how they present themselves. And I mean, I pick almost any any genre, any, um, you know, type of, of, pop culture and what, you know, whether it's music or TV movie. Um, yeah, I, I was looking, uh, did you know Johnny Depp has a band? Uh, yeah. I think they used to play the Viper room back in the day in LA. It's called the Hollywood vampires, which is probably perfectly appropriate. It's I've, Alice Cooper and Joe Perry from Aerosmith and, and 
Johnny Depp. And I look at it, Johnny Depp and I'm like, you know, he's got the whole tattoo thing going on and the makeup and the straggly hair. And he just looks like hell, like most of those guys do. I'm like, it's, it's almost, it's laughable. It's like, to me, it's just, it's laughable. I just, can you, if you really want to play music, fine, play music, but do you have to, at 60 years old, play into this, you know, this game of this is the way I have to look in order to be, you mean, you think, I mean, Alice Cooper, he's supposed to be actually a pretty good guy. Who's well, a born again Christian. Uh, and, and, and he lives where? I think he lives in Arizona yeah, somewhere. Scottsdale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Scottsdale. That's right. He also has Michigan roots, much like myself. But I mean, the guy still has to go out and dress like that. It's like, I don't know. It, just, it, it would seem to be a little bit of a burden as you age. And it looks bad. But, you know, ooh, I mean, I look bad, too. So I don't I mean, but I'm not trying to look like a aging rocker. It's like these aging rockers have a look they have to have, too, which is an aging rocker, which is really bad. I mean, so I just I went on because I was curious. And it's not very good music either, but I, I was curious what they presented themselves like. And they present themselves like this bad boy big hair band kind of thing from whenever the eighties or nineties or I'm like, Oh my gosh, can, can he do it, the whole concept? Does anybody ever grow up? That's the problem I think we have right now. People don't grow up. And how does that relate to the investment world? Short-termism. Okay. <laughs> Doug's rolling his eyes. Now. I'm starting to buy it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- hear me out. Because these guys are stuck in the past, right? And unable to, to sort of face their, the reality of what's staring them in the face, which is their mortality. And, and so they're, they're, it's like a, they need this short fix, you know, of if I just go out on the road again and I, you know, paint my eyes and put tattoos all over me and pierce my nose, you know, I'll get some sort of short-term gratification out of that. And it reminds me of what we see right in the market on a regular basis. Now it's it, nobody sen- tends to want to look at anything as an investment. Nothing is an investment anymore. It's all gambling. I never thought I would say that because I've been in this business for a long time. And I always used to challenge people that would say that, but truly on a day-to-day basis, that's what it has become. I will say, as I've said before, I think that there's an opportunity for investors in that because the insanity of what happens on a day-to-day basis. For example, today we have a company that was down like 30%, no apparent news. On a good market day, mind the way. On a good market day, no apparent news. There isn't, there isn't any apparent news. There is no news. Uh, The best we can get is some short seller is trying to paint the tape on the last day of the quarter in order to be able to you know, in a, in a company which had been doing very well, by the way, as far as its stock price, I will admit that. Um, but, you know, make it look a little bit better uh, on their quarterly report that they're not down as much as they were on a stock that's, you know, more than doubled in the last few months. Granted, that's due for a pullback, but 30%, I mean, come on. In one shot with no news, no real perceived reason. I mean, this is, this is what we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis now. Uh, and so I think, you know, it ties into pop culture. It ties into everything. It, it, the attention span is a nanosecond now. And I think that that has really bad, as I said, I think we can take advantage of it by way of being true to the discipline of 
we're just going to buy businesses. We don't care what's happening on a day-to-day basis. But that short-termism, that instant gratification mentality, it's made, I, I guarantee you there's, there's people that are making really bad decisions who, who are trying to be investors, but they can't be because they're seeing what's happening and they think, well, there must be something horrible that's going on with this company. And there's not. But they'll make they'll make decisions and they'll have they'll do things that will hurt them, i.e. sell out of a position down 30 percent today because they think something is horrible going on. It's not a good representation. And I mind you, I will say it'll go on the upside, too. Now, for a lot of these companies that have spent the last two years getting beaten relentlessly, uh, you know, for them to double in a few months is not a big deal because, you know, they've been so beaten up and so are, have been valued so undervalued so much in the current market. It's some reversion to mean. It's it's you can all, you can call it a reversion to mean call it what you want, but doubling is really not that big of a deal. The thing was trading at twenty bucks a share, you know, a couple of years ago, and now it's trading at five, and it had been at two, and so it doubled. Big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but this, is, this is forcing people that maybe are not as convicted in their discipline, that are not sure exactly what they're doing, to make very bad decisions. This is a problem. The Years ago, probably 10 years ago, I was reading an article about an old actor. This actor is probably close to 80 now, who had an earring. And this wasn't, this wasn't any right-wing website. This was probably Time or News. Harrison Ford. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, say, and how did it, I know that? And so said, you think I don't know anything about pop yeah. culture? <laughs> You've got Harrison Ford, the guy's been famous for sixty years, wrapped up. <laughs> but anyway, hey, but he, who would know that he got an earring back in the nineties, and that true. was a big deal? Said, you know what looks good on a seventy-year-old? Not an earring. Dignity. Dignity. <laughs> dignity. Yeah, exactly. I thought not that, trying to look like you're thirty. Well, coming back to the original point of the actors, though, I would have thought we'll get back to how it relates to what we actually talk about. I would have thought watching the baby boomers age, you know, because this is the first kind when a lot of ways we're in the first mass, we're, we're in the first aging cycle of mass culture, modern culture in a lot of ways. That's in everybody's face. Yeah. And everyone's face. And then, um, so we're watching, it's not going well. We're watching this. We're still relatively new in this period of watching people who became famous, marketing themselves to teenagers age, you know, meet, meet their meet the mortality. And I would have thought it would have pulled the bloom off the rose a little bit more. It has. But it is, yeah, it is. It's still, you know, they you have can be such Mick a Jagger and still be out there. Yeah. They have a bloated view of themselves. It's like, yeah, I've so- been on record on this podcast as saying the worst thing to ever happen to the planet Earth is the baby boom generation. And being a member of it, I'm perfectly fine saying that. Okay. It's horrendous. Now, something that's kind of come to my attention and, you know, awareness recently is, Maybe the greatest generation wasn't as great as everybody thinks they were. They spawned these people. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's, 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 you got to lay some blame at them. Oh, no, clearly that you, you can't have the cracks, you know, the damn break in one generation and not have the previous generation bear some responsibility. Absolutely. My theory is it's, this is PTSD from World War II. Checked out parents, yeah. you know, and then baby boomers. I've seen the Wonder Years. I know how it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah, I think some of this is we're seeing some of this play out in Europe today with what's going on in Ukraine, Russia, whatever. I mean, there's this we are still seeing ramifications of the most horrendous destruction of human life in a short period of time, which is the 20th century. 
in world history. And I think, you know, Europe still hasn't recovered from that. And it's evident in what we're seeing happening in, 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 the, in Ukraine right now. And, uh, I, and the response from Europe now, that said, and I think I even mentioned to you earlier today on, an, on a totally different subject, uh, maybe, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was last night at dinner with some friends. Anyway, uh, how weird is it that you're looking at Europe and saying they might be sane, given what's going on in America right now? Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it is a little bit frightening to look at where the U.S. has gone and to see, wait a minute, uh, some of the stuff that we're doing in America, they're even looking at us going, are you crazy? And for how long were we hearing how, you know, forward thinking and progressive of Europe was and shouldn't we emulate Europe? And now, you know, it's kind of, it's gotten to the point in, in with some of the things that we're doing from a cultural standpoint that is uh, making Europe look like the solid citizens. But nonetheless, I do still think that there, you know, the, the, the problems of the 20th century and, you know, largely brought on by the greatest generation, unfortunately. Um, and maybe it's not their fault because the generation before them gave us World War One, right? Which, which I think you can probably say led to World War Two pretty, pretty easily. Uh, we've sure have bounced around today, but it's all tied together, isn't it? Well, we all bear some blame. At the end of the day, I mean, we can. Yeah. We're we can, humans. Yeah, we're humans. So silly humans doing silly human tricks. And uh, all our little corner of the world, we're just trying to grow some people's wealth, grow their portfolios and contribute to the free market, free, the system of free enterprise, as Jerry would say. I always like to use that term instead of free market. Or markets, capitalism. Market's a mechanism. Free enterprise is what, how you know, things actually get done. Uh, and on that note, we can maybe use this as a precursor to an, another discussion. Uh, distributism versus... Versus Chesterton, Belloc, yep. versus uh, versus free enterprise capitalism. It's interesting. There's, there's. I was reading some in, interesting points about that. We can get into it another time. We are all over the place today, but it all ties together. It's Friday. It's the last day of the month. We've just got. I know I'm not supposed to say that, but last day of the quarter. I say the quarter. Uh, all kinds of crazy things happen. I don't know. Is it triple witching day? You know, options, futures. I haven't heard anything about expiring. That, all that stuff. It might be. It feels like it. Um, interesting times that we live in on a positive note. And I think this is super important and it ties into why short-termism is disastrous and thinking in terms of, of making investment is important. I used, I, I was explaining this to someone yesterday, I actually very proud of our companies, both public and private going through this period of the last few years has been just devastatingly hard for companies. And so to, to look at these, these guys seeing how well they're managing through this, regardless of what's happening with their stock prices at any given time, good or bad, been very impressed, very impressed with the way people manage it. And it's just, you know, going back to Dick Taylor's comments about well-managed companies. And that it's, it's notable that he would say that's, that was first. And this was a T row price you know, dictum, well-managed companies in, fertile, in front of fertile fields of future growth. The well-managed companies comes first for a reason. 
You, you could be in front of a fertile field of future growth, but if you don't have somebody that steering the ship that knows what the heck they're doing and has, you know, an understanding of their markets and their vision, you're, you're going to have problems. And I, I have been really impressed with the way, with the way managers are, are managing through this. It, it, it matters that you have professional grounded people running your company. Well, yes, we, as we've all seen, what happens in the markets at large does matter. I mean, we all have to swim in the same ocean and that does affect you, us all. You, you, you're absolutely right on but, the, on, in the short term in and the maybe short. even the intermediate yep. term. But in the long term, I like our chances. Management plays, plays a major role. So any parting thoughts? Happy 4th of July. Are we still allowed to celebrate that? I think we are. I think we are. You know what I'm going to do this 4th of July? What? I'm, Not start a fire. I am going to celebrate the founding of this imperfect, yet great nation. Once great nation. Okay, you, this imperfect nation, my nation, my country, by watching a movie about an anthropomorphic mouse that helped Ben Franklin draft the Declaration of or Ben Franklin. And Thomas Jefferson draft the Declaration of Independence. What was the name of that movie? I know. Ben and Me, the Disney movie, Ben and Me. Voiced by Sterling Holloway, who did Winnie the Pooh. That wasn't who I was thinking of, but, or wasn't, that wasn't the movie I was thinking of, but okay. He's basically like the mouse who walked alongside Uh, Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Yeah, one of those 20 minute Disney, Disney things. You can still find on YouTube. So anyway, for some reason, for some strange It's only 20 minutes? It's only 20 minutes. It was like a the long movie sh- is 20 minutes. Yeah, it's not a movie. It's like a long form short or something. Okay. Like yeah. So interesting. Ben and me. That's why I hadn't heard of it. I guess. No, like, uh, yeah. One of those, like Donald math, magic land, another one of those mm. longer, longer reels. So anyway, uh, I don't wait. What if we're the play pop culture? Is there any movie you think that really like gets you in the 4th of July mood? Maybe the Sandlot, you know, cause it, that happens over summer. Sandlot's a good one. Bridge of the River Kwai. <laughs> well, if you're going to go there, I would say the one that I always like to watch, and it's you know it's not very historically accurate, probably, but I like the Patriot for some reason. Mel uh, Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, no, I, I got into. I have some friends, friends who are twin brothers and independent filmmakers back in Austin, and we would get into heated debates over the quality of the Patriot. Coming out Fourth of July. Everybody go see it. The Sound of Freedom. The Sound of Freedom. Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. One of the most important topics in the world today, human trafficking, and it's just not being dealt with. Everyone is against human trafficking, yet it persists. It's almost like people are slow playing it. Yeah, I would say that's probably it. So the music is back. That must mean that the producers are telling us we have to get off this line. Well, The Sound of Freedom. Yep, go see it. Uh, It's an important movie, and it's time that people started staring the evil straight in their face. There you go. On that note. All right. Till then, check us out, taylorforgone.com. Taylorforgone.invest on Instagram, long only at taylorforgone.com. And And we will soon be back live and in living color, I think, right? We never upload any videos. I'm trying to get the video thing straightened out. Doug made a mess of it. We're going to do that so you can see our beautiful faces that don't look like Johnny Depp. No. Post hangover, maybe. post his hangover not the movie actually anyway. we should do that we should put earrings on and fake at least fake tattoos and a bunch of gold around our necks so all right well until then i'm doug i'm jerry 
Thanks for joining us along on the podcast. Happy Fourth.